I've listened to Montero by Lil Nas X since it came out last fall. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. Hey everyone, welcome to Spin It, the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James, and that is Connor. I don't have anything good to say at the beginning of this one. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you, you usually just say hi. Well, thanks for coming back this week. We just did our second singles episode last week. Peep behind the curtain, we haven't recorded it yet on our end for logistical purposes. Hey, why, why you gotta tell them? This is why, I wanna know how you think it went. I bet it went really well. I can't believe how much we liked that one song. What a surprise that one was. Actually, real peep behind the curtain, we just finished recording Metallica. So, <laughs> I've got Metallica on the brain still. <laughs> you don't need to give them that much of a peek. Oh, they got they got a big old peek. They never get a peek. Give them, a little, give them a little peek. A little sneak peek. A little tease. A little, a little, a little tease behind the curtain. <laughs> a little tease behind the curtain. Well, this week, we're talking about Montero, Lil Nas X. Yes. The mastermind behind such timeless hits as Old Town Road. This is honestly, to be completely honest, my way of trying to sneak hip-hop music into your diet. That's absolutely what I'm trying to do. I assumed you were trying to sneak a little rap music into my diet because this has some rap vibes to it it's like rap slash hip-hop i'm okay with hip-hop the rap i've always struggled with okay well yeah i'm just trying to get you more acclimated full disclosure it's time for a little honesty here more peaks (laughs) well this is a peek behind the life of connor i don't think i've ever actively listened to that song to old town road no (laughs) i know it was a huge craze it was very popular so i'm sure it's played somewhere in the background in my life oh wow but i could not tell you anything about that song i couldn't have told you anything about lil nas x or like his style of music what his song style like i couldn't have named a single song i'm going into this 100 blind as blind as possible this this is probably as blind as i you know like in terms of like a notable artist that i was just completely oblivious to dua leap was probably the last big one like that that i was just completely oblivious to that was a big artist yeah and that one went really really well so i'm curious to see if this one turns out the same or or not we'll find out we will indeed find out well since you're so unfamiliar let me familiarize you with lil nas x montero lamar hill was born on april 9th 1999 a youngin oh so this album is named after his real name uh, yes this is technically a self-titled album all right explore this goes right into that oh okay well <laughs> I, I i skimmed the notes uh ahead of time I felt the need to, like, play dumb, but then I changed my mind. Oh, you just played smart again. I knew that only because I skimmed your notes pre-recording. Right. He comes from a small town outside Atlanta, but he moved farther out of town to live with his father, who was a gospel singer in the early 2000s. He says that if he would have stayed in Atlanta, he would have fallen in with the wrong crowd. So he got out of town a little bit. And he got into internet and meme culture at a very early age. He was kind of in the sweet spot, you know, for that era, for the internet era. And as you might have noticed around the release of Montero, he's a bit of a master at PR and pop culture. Absolutely not. Okay. Didn't notice at all. Like I said, knew nothing about him. (laughs) 
guess not, <laughs> Mr. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have a Facebook. I don't do. Yeah, I guess that makes it hard for him to reach you. Yeah. Well, here's a fun fact for you. Montero played the trumpet in his fourth grade band. Sold. And he was so good. He was the first chair all the way through middle school. Sold. Sold. Yeah, that was that's a good thing. Good. Trumpet players instantly connect with other trumpet players. Yeah. Okay, so you can relate. Great. Well, he graduated high school in 2017, and then he spent a year studying computer science before trying to pursue music. Now, apparently you don't remember the Old Town Road craze. I remember the craze. I just know nothing about it. Okay, well. I had enough friends who were going crazy about it. I just never listened to it. Fair enough. I'll tell you. I'll fill you in. Right around, that was that was 2019 when the song blew up and got big. Lil Nas X released the song in December of 2018. And I mean, what a story behind it. He bought the track, which samples a Nine Inch Nails song, from a Dutch producer, Young Keo, for $30. And then he spent less than an hour recording the song in Atlanta in a studio that was having like a $20 Tuesday deal. You know, like a, like a cheap studio time deal. So imagine dropping $50 and spending an hour of your time and then making a song and having a massive hit like Old Town Road. Now, wasn't the the big craze when he got Billy Ray Cyrus to do it? Uh, no, Billy Ray Cyrus decided to ride the wave of his success and jumped on the Old Town Road remix. Oh. And actually, Billy Ray Cyrus is the reason I've seen this song performed live. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's cool. He was performing at CMA Fest. Uh, kind of as an opening act. And, of course, you know, he had to perform Old Town Road, being that that was the biggest Billy Ray Cyrus song since Achy Breaky Heart. So, definitely, that was a, a bit of revitalization for both of their careers. The song blew up on TikTok. It actually is what happened to it. It was boosted by Lil Nas X's own memes about the song. He says he made over a 100 and, and kind of sent them around the internet. The song debuted at number 83 on the Hot 100 chart, number 36 on the Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart, and it even hit number 19 on the Hot Country Songs chart, but it was controversially removed shortly thereafter. Oh. Yeah, Billboard took it off the list, citing that even though it had elements of country music... Was it not actually a country song? It was not enough of a country song to qualify to be on the list. I'd argue a lot of modern country songs don't qualify, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah... People have kind of called that out either as blatant racism or just not wanting the song to be, you know, a fear of hip hop, essentially, is an aversion to that in country music is what it boils down to. I don't know. Either way you look at it, it got removed from the list and a lot of people were not happy about it. The 2019 Old Town Road craze is also when Lil Nas X publicly came out as gay, which turned into a very prominent element in the production and the content of Montero. As far as awards and accolades go, he's obviously still a very new artist, but he's had some astronomical early successes. He's had 25 big award wins on 113 nominations. He's won two American Music Awards on seven nominations. Old Town Road Remix won Favorite Hip Hop Slash Rap Song. And Montero, Call Me By Your Name, won favorite music video. Old Town Road won Apple Music's Song of the Year. He's been nominated for 13 Billboard Music Awards and won four of them for Top Rap Song, Top Selling Song, and more. Old Town Remix won Musical Event of the Year from the Country Music Association. He won two Grammys on 11 nominations. He didn't get any in 2022. He was out. He was up for Album of the Year, right? Yeah, this album was nominated for Album of the Year. And... 
he was also nominated for Record of the Year, Best Music Video, and some others. First off, how is Album of the Year different from Record of the Year? It's different. Record of the Year is a, there's a song. An Album of the Year is an album. Oh, okay. Record of the Year is a specific song. I'm not just called Song of the Year. When I hear record, I think of like a full record. I don't know. I'm not the Recording Academy. Yeah, because I knew that this was an Album of the Year, because... We just recently back did the winner of Album of the Year, We Are, by John Batiste. We sure did. So I knew this was on my radar of potential things I had to get the mixtaper to get Factor Spin ready for. So you probably were prepared for Factor Spin. He probably was prepared for Factor Spin, pardon me, uh, well in advance. Oh, absolutely not. He procrastinates till the last second. Great. <laughs> That's what I like <laughs> to hear. But because of that, going into listening to this album, I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking, okay, this like, how is this going to... Rate compared to the actual winner, so that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, compared to We Are, yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. There are some similarities on some differences, big differences. Yeah, Lil Nas X also has some iHeartRadio Music Awards, some MTV Music Awards, a Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award, and much much more. He's actually one of the first artists we've talked about with that Kids Choice Award. Yeah, did he get slimed? Did he get slimed? That's a great question. I don't think he did get slimed. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah, he did win the award, but he did not get slimed. This week, we're talking about his first and only album to date, Montero. If you haven't heard it, if you want the context, go check it out wherever music is. (laughs) His highly anticipated debut album came out on September 17th, 2021, after he had been teasing singles for more than a year. And uh, you're right, it's a very pop rap album. Lil Nas X has caught a lot of praise for his melodic rap style and his pop sensibilities that he kind of weaves effortlessly into this record throughout. Montero was supported by five singles, which include Call Me By Your Name, Sun Goes Down, Industry Baby, That's What I Want, and Lost in the Citadel. Four of those five singles topped the Billboard Hot 100. That's What I Want did not top the list. It only made it in the top 10. Montero topped the charts in Australia, Denmark, Ireland, Norway, New Zealand, and Sweden, So it's a worldwide hit. And one of the more interesting promotional stunts for any album that we've talked about are the Satan shoes that came along with this album. Did you hear about those? No. No, You didn't even hear about those. Those were a big controversy. I said I'm blind to the world of Lil Nas X. Well, okay, let me fill you in. He released these Satan shoes. They were modified Nike Air Max 97s that had actual drops of human blood in them. They were decorated with pentagrams and iconography. How was he able to sell those? Is that not like a biohazard risk of some sort? <laughs> well, I mean, the blood was like contained in the same way that Machine Gun Kelly keeps blood in a necklace. Well, yeah, I mean, I, but they weren't they weren't commercially selling blood necklaces. Now, were they? No, but they did commercially sell these shoes. They released 666 pairs that sold out in under a minute, and they were subsequently sued by Nike. Okay, so this wasn't, so like Nike didn't, how did they do this? Nike wasn't involved in this? No, they were involved when they decided to sue. So they bought 666 pair of Nike Air Maxes, 97s, and then modified them separately, and then resold them. Filled them with blood. And then resold them. Yeah, they settled out of court, but Lil Nas X spun this incident into promotion for the song Industry Baby by teasing the song with a mock court case over the shoes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So when the music video for Industry Baby came out, it starts with a court case where Lil Nas X is on trial for these Satan shoes. Interesting. Yeah, but it's like a fake trial. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Like I said, he is pretty much a master of meme culture and promotion 
on the internet. His, his Twitter is is always entertaining. You should take a look. Don't have a Twitter. No, but you can still take a look at Twitter. Like, it's public. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Whatever. Well, you know who might have a Twitter? Because he talks about birds so much. <laughs> the last several episodes have been pretty bird heavy. But uh, let's, let's wake up the mixtaper. Get him on out here and see if he's ready to give us some facts about Montero. Hey, it's me, Tweet Tweet, the mixtaper. <laughs> hey, Hey, Mixtaper, what's up? Uh, frantically trying to come up with a bird-related fact or spin for this episode. I don't got one. <laughs> oh, you don't need one. Believe me. Feel the need to have one. No. Actually, there's technically something bird-related that I'm going to shoehorn in. All right, we're good. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. You, it's, we never want to shoehorn. Uh, no, we want a Satan shoe. They just probably had oh. horns. <laughs> Satan shoe? <laughs> yeah, devil horns on the Satan shoes. Good. That was a good shoehorned-in joke. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> uh, I didn't feel good about that one, but you liked it, so I'll take the I'll take the credit. No, nope, no credit. Oh, oh, I'll take the praise. I kind of got praise there. That's better. Yeah. Let and you'll like it. <laughs> Let's just jump right on into it, I guess. Uh, no more dilly dallying. Up first, he is named after a car. Named after a car, you say? Yes. Okay. Now, are you talking stage name Lil Nas X comes from a car? I mean, because that's inspired by. The older rapper. Uh, or are you talking Montero? His real name, Montero. Okay, and what kind of car is that? I'm not a, I'm not too much of a car guy. Uh, Mitsubishi. Okay, how do you get Montero from Mitsubishi? Well, it, it's like, you know how Mitsubishi is a type of, is a brand of car, and one of their models is the Montero. Okay, sure, sure. I just wasn't sure if like... It's an SUV, it's a type of SUV, if maybe that's more what you were asking. I mean, sure. I just, I wasn't sure if you were naming it after a make or model of car, or if like someone, like his dad or mom had a specific car that they called Montero. No, no. Uh, they definitely did not have the car. No? Oh, whose car was it? It was, no, it's a type of car. And, uh... Oh, just a theoretical car. So, so why name your kid after it? Because his mom always wanted one, but never got one. And so she named her son after it. That's one way to get one. If you're curious, that's what the car looks like. Oh, yeah, that is an SUV. It's not really dream car material. I, I've got to be honest no no it's not <laughs> so how does he feel about being named after this sports utility vehicle uh he says it's kind of lame kind of not kind of not okay i i i can see where he's coming from with kind of lame but what's he think about kind of not oh i think it's kind of cool to have such a unique story oh, that's true like how many other people can say they're named after type of car henry ford oh well the car's named after him <laughs> oh well you're right are we out of facts about this fact are you ready for my answer? Unless you have any other questions. Loosely how the game works. You just go till you're out of questions. I understand. I understand how the game works. Does he have any plans of getting a Montero now that he's got so much money? Uh, they're discontinued. Oh, they're just... Dis well, that doesn't mean he can't get one. When did they stop making them? After the 2006 model, because it was not a popular car. Oh, whoops. Guess you can take your Montero to the Old Town Road and just drive till you can't no more. I don't get that reference. No, sorry. That's an Old Town Road joke. You might have been able to guess when I said Old Town Road. I think I'm going to say this is a fact. You're going with fact. I'm going with fact. You, you provided me with an actual picture of, well, a car. It could be any car. How disappointed would you be if I just typed in Montero and found information about a type of car and decided to make this up? Oh, <laughs> that'd be sad. But that's not what happened happened this is a true fact oh okay all right told that story on jimmy fallon on the tonight show yeah that's a very interesting story yeah kind of lame kind of not yeah but what else is 
kind of not lame. He released a video game. He released a video game. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned he did some computer science work. I did. Yeah. He spent a year studying computer science before making the pivot to music. What kind of game is it? It was a rhythm game. Oh, okay. Like for his own music or for the music of others? For his own music. When did this come out? Uh, It was part of the promotional material for Montero. And is it like a mobile app where you would just tap the right parts of the screen? Yeah, you can play it on your... You can. It's got a mobile and a PC version. It's in a, it's a browser-based game. Cool. What songs does it incorporate? Just just uh, Montero. And did he make the whole thing himself? Did he... I mean, did he have other developers? Was it... How much of the project did he contribute to as a computer scientist? I think he contributed a decent amount to it. I don't think he did all of it by himself. But it sure looks like something that maybe was a pretty solo project level of... Sure looks like amateur work, he says. <laughs> yeah, um... I think he had a decent hand in it, though. I bet. Is it still up? Can we go play it? Uh, yeah, I have it up right now. Oh, awesome. How are you doing? How's, what's your high score? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the highest score you can get is 50. 50? Well, that's, that's not very much at all. So the way the game works is you make a little virtual Lil Nas X twerk to the beat of the song Montero. That's so funny because the the music video, though I'm sure we'll talk about more when we get into the song, uh, caught a lot of flack from certain very outspoken groups because he spent some time in the music video twerking on the devil. Mm. It's very, very interesting. I think this is a true fact. Another true fact. Yeah, I think so. As a man who's super familiar with meme culture and, and internet promotion, and as someone who spent time in computer science, kind of learning programming and things, I... I think this would definitely be a route that he would seek out taking, if not trying to do himself. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't even ask me the name of the game. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. What's it called? Call me by your game. Twerk Hero. Twerk Hero. Wow. Very interesting. Still going with true, though? Yeah, I'm still sticking with true. This is a fact. A fact. Oh, oh, that's what it looks like, huh? Yeah, as I said, it looks very uh homemade. <laughs> Well, it worked for him. I mean, we're talking about it. Now everyone that listens to the podcast should go play it, maybe. Here's what the uh, homepage looks like. Twerk Hero. How about that? You learn something new every day. Usually on Factor Spin, I I learn two to four new things every day. You're saying that half the time you know half of them? No, just sometimes there are lies. I would just guess on average, I probably learn 50% new things. Yes. Well, my next new thing for you is that he learned how to make paninis from Gordon Ramsay. The Gordon Ramsay. All right. How much learning does one require to learn to make a panini? Well, he'd never made one before. Well, just to my understanding, it's like hot bread. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it was specifically a panini sandwich, right? Yeah, a sandwich, but hot. Like you got the stuff inside of it. Sure. Okay, so how did he get in touch with, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about he learned from Gordon personally and didn't just like watch Top Master Chef <laughs> just or watch Hell's Kitchen or something. Like, get, yeah, no. Yeah, while promoting his song Panini, he got talking to Gordon Ramsay on Twitter. Oh, Gordon Ramsay is another person that's very active on social media, especially TikTok. Ramsay's gotten big on TikTok. People will just tag him in their awful food <laughs> videos and say, rate this, and he goes, it looks like yeah, it looks like that belongs in the Lars Ulrich toilet. <laughs> A good reference to last week's episode? No, two weeks ago. The singles episode. Oh, it was two weeks ago. It was, we just recorded it like 30 minutes ago so still pretty fresh whatever's in that toilet isn't <laughs> what kind of panini making advice does gordon ramsay give well they did a whole youtube video on gordon ramsay's youtube channel yeah where when when uh lil nas, x, lil nas x was in london they met up at ramsay's new london 
uh, restaurant, The Lucky Cat. Ooh. And they made paninis using Asian ingredients. Very interesting. Okay. And then they cut them with swords and axes. I'm sorry. Wow. That's a twist. <laughs> Where did they, does he have those in his restaurant? Yeah, he has like a display case of them. And so they pulled them out and cut them with it. Incredible. And uh, how were they? Did they taste good? Uh, they seem to like them. Interesting. I didn't try them, so I don't know myself. Well, no. They look tasty. Okay, I, I think I'm going to say that this one also is a true fact. Also true. For some, yeah, I think we're going three facts in a row here. Okay, this is a third fact in a row. A third fact in There's a row. There's the link to the YouTube video. It. If you quickly forward it ahead to like the four minute mark, that's where they're chopping it. <laughs> I see him holding a sword in the thumbnail, yeah. That's that's a yeah, that's a hatchet there. What a sharp axe! Wow. Yeah, the way he just slices it. Ramsey's a pro. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, and and what a thing. I mean, I wish I could just reach out to Gordon Ramsay and say, let's make paninis sometime. Using the spin, using the spin it Twitter, reach out to Gordon Ramsay and say you want the mixtaper to make some sort of food. Make <laughs> teach the mixtaper how to make pumpernickel bread. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he could use a lesson. You could use a lesson. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm out of it today. I, I sometimes refer to myself in the third person like I just did too, so it's okay. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. We, I don't think we have the same level of clout that Lil Nas X does yet. Yet, that was a good keyword. Give it another 46 episodes. Okay, all right. Well, what do we have in terms of a final fact or spin? Final fact, final ramp up. He has his own ice cream flavor. Ooh, okay, I'm intrigued. What? First of all, the most important thing is to ask is what's it called? Uh, Mellow X. Mellow X? M-E-L-L-O-X. Okay. What is the flavor like? Like, what other flavors does it incorporate? The ice cream was a marshmallow flavor that was a baby blue color with chocolate sauce swirls and maraschino cherries and sprinkles mixed into it. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, who who made the ice cream? I know Ben and Jerry's does a lot of specific one-off. Yeah, it, it was it was Ben and Jerry's. Okay. They created the limited time ice cream, partnered with Lil Nas X, and all proceeds went to charity. Awesome. Is the time that it is limited still in effect? Can I go get some or am I out of luck? No, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Plus, you probably wouldn't have wanted to get some for the cost. <laughs> oh? Yeah. One pi- a one pint tub cost $50. $50 for a pint? Where? How much of this did they make? Uh, I don't know, actually. Good question. That's just, I mean, supply and demand wise, it would seem to be low supply, high demand. I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those things where like everybody had to pre-order it and then they made it. Oh, to order. Yeah, that could be. What does he, does he love? The flavor, you know, the marshmallow chocolate cherry thing. Does he like it particularly or what? How do you come up with the idea? Oh, yeah. He says he loves it. Um, he, ma- marshmallow ice cream is his favorite flavor of ice cream. And when putting this together. What? Whoa. Marshmallow. I've never in my life heard of other marshmallow ice cream. Really? I guess I should seek out some marshmallow ice cream. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently you should. But yeah, it's his favorite ice cream. And then he just was thinking about all the different yummy ice cream toppings he could mash into it to make it as unique as he is. Well, it sounds good. It does. <laughs> I think I think you've served up four facts this week. This is a spin. No, really? <laughs> yeah. This is the one that seemed the most true. <laughs> Made it up. In fact, I had a very specific inspiration for where I made it up. Yeah. Um, you know, outside the podcast, you and I have really gotten onto a mass singer. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, we've been exposed to the show. And there's a season where one of the contestants sings Old Town Road, the version with Billy Ray Cyrus in it. Yeah. Uh, and his their costume is the ice cream I just described. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what, a, what a choice. A light blue ice cream with chocolate sauce and a cherry and sprinkles. Amazing. Well, that's quite an inspiration. I went with marshmallow because it was a wild flavor and it's really good. I love it. That, w- that would be an ice cream that Ben and Jerry's would make. I have to. So that's that's the end of your facts and spins for this week, huh? Yeah. I have to point out that none of them were bird adjacent. Oh, uh, yeah. The bird adjacent part was, I think, one of the ingredients in the panini was chicken. <laughs> that was the bird adjacent. Yeah, okay. That's a, a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, whatever. What do I know? Completely forgot about needing the bird adjacent part. Yeah, I just, I just noticed... It was absent, so. <laughs> the flavor of ice cream was bird flavored. No, <laughs> we, did, we did really shoehorn that one in, yes. Well, that's, uh, I'll take three out of four. I'll take three out of four on, on the week like this. I'm just glad, yeah, I was getting a little nervous. I thought I was afraid the ice cream one wouldn't get you. I was afraid you were about to go perfect week. I had no legitimate reason to suspect that that was untrue. Yeah, but sometimes just because I haven't given you a spin yet, you're like, I'm going to go safe and say this is a spin. Oh, that's true. Where did you come up with the $50 a pint number? Uh, Just a ridiculous number. <laughs> Uh, I went with a ridiculous ice cream and a ridiculous dollar amount because I told you it was for charity. And so I figure, uh, and it was a, you know, Lil Nas X. So that's a bigger thing. So I was like, if I go with a more ridiculous number, that might make it sound a little more believable because sometimes charity things go a little overpriced on purpose, you know, because it's meant to be more of a donation sort of thing. Yeah. A fundraiser. He made Satan ice cream with a real drop of human blood in it. Okay. Well, again, three out of four, I'll take it every day of the week. Uh, I, Just glad I didn't get shut out again. Now we've got 15 long tracks to discuss. So I guess we'll probably have to wrap it up right here for Factor Spin. But Mixtaper, we'll see you next week. Get some really interesting facts together for our next artist, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Connor, welcome back to the show. How's it going? I really want some baby blue colored marshmallow ice cream now with chocolate sauce, maraschino cherries, and sprinkles. I know, right? It sounds appetizing. You know what? You're right. Let's take a little ice cream break. Okay. <laughs> Quick ice cream break. Yeah, we're breaking for ice cream. We'll see you in a second. All right. Good ice cream break. We are back. We have returned from our ice cream break. What kind what of ice kind cream of ice did you cream have? Did you... I was just about to ask you. Uh, mine was a uh, marshmallow that was a baby blue color with chocolate swirls, maraschino cherries, and sprinkles mixed into it. Stop. You can't tell me that's a real ice cream after you just told me that's a fake ice cream. Cost me uh, $50 uh, for one pint. Shut up. <laughs> I'll always go for a, a classic cookie dough, chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream is the way to go for me usually. You know what else is a good choice? The album art on Montero. Yeah. What did you think of it? I hated it. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> a good choice. Yeah, a real good choice. No, uh, I like it. It's interesting. It's different and very colorful. Yes. The album artwork on Montero was designed by Charlotte Rutherford, an English artist with a background in creating fan art. Aside from working with Lil Nas X, she's also done work for other notable brands like Fenty, which is Rihanna's cosmetic line. And the album cover is Lil Nas X floating suspended in the air in this like aura of sun and he's nude tastefully nude and then uh there's like this temple behind him right i kind of equated it to to the song lost in the citadel kind of reminds me of like a citadel of sorts that's just falling to pieces behind him and there's like butterflies everywhere flowers and there's a running water yeah but it's it's all floating now he's floating above it but it's also appears to all be floating yeah and then there's like the rainbow there's like there's like 
a circular, a full circle rainbow. A little lens flare. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this matches the mood of the album? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I think it matches the energy of the album. Okay. This album art, I think, sets you up for what you're about to hear well. I don't know about some of the content in it, if it matches that vibe. Okay. Yeah, but sonically, it's a good fit. Yeah, yeah. I can agree with that. Well, shall we dive right in with Montero, Call Me By Your Name? Let's do it. Let's Let's do it indeed. Call Me By Your Name was one of the first songs released from the record, one of the first singles. It came out in July 2020. It made it into a Super Bowl commercial and everything. By now, it's been certified four times platinum as a single. And I know you apparently know nothing have never heard anything about Lil Nas X, but the music video caught a lot of attention and it kind of stirred the pot. It was in the cultural zeitgeist for a while because it featured him twerking on the devil, which got people talking interesting kind of that was the point of it <laughs> yeah yeah he slides down to hell on a stripper pole as one does as one does <laughs> it's basically call me by your name is a big old hookup song about getting a booty call of sorts and getting really intimate with someone a booty call from the devil uh, maybe yeah i guess if the devil booty calls you don't answer just a word of advice what do you think of this song did it match your initial expectations for this music i don't know what you thought before going into it i would say it matched and Maybe exceeded a little bit my expectations. Ooh, okay. Borderline exceeded? From what little I learned about Lil Nas X in preparation for this, mixed with what I saw on the album art, I think I went into it expecting to hear something like what I heard. I just didn't expect it to necessarily be as catchy or as uh earworming to me as it ended up being it is certainly catchy uh the the little guitar riff at the beginning loved it so again you said this is hip-hop rap you know it's it's kind of like a mixture of the two yeah he's a rapper but he also has a lot of strong pop tendencies and that shines through i think a lot of that really shines through in the instrumentation yes and but i think the instrumentals on the song and on the album as a whole really complement his singing style and his rapping style they do they go really well together uh i did have a hard time focusing on the lyrics a little bit because i was so caught up in the instruments actually it's a lot it's a lot especially this song to smack you in the face right out of the gate yeah but it was good okay we're off to a good start. As I said, this was my attempt to sneak hip hop and rap in on you. And I've always, I've, I've never necessarily hated hip hop. Rap's always been the one that. This is this Montero is my Trojan horse into your tastes and sensibilities. And I'll point out places where I think you're trying to lull me with things you know I like uh, as we go. I just want to sell what you're buying. The second track on the album is. One that I don't even have to ask if you liked because you sing it constantly. Like for the last couple. Well, that doesn't mean I liked it. For the at least it's been stuck in your head. The second track is dead right now. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I'll I'll spill those beans. Spill <laughs> beans spilled. Beans spilled. What's interesting about this song is that his dad sings the background vocals on this track. Very interesting, because, you know, to talk about how his dad was a gospel singer, I think you could see the influence and the thumbprint of that, especially on, you know, Hallelujah, How'd You Do It? You've been on my mind, you've been running through it. That, that again, that I maybe even have somewhere here in my pages of notes that I felt like the his instrumental sound had that full, like, choir gospel effect to it. Like, when you're sitting in a church and, like, the organ's just filling up the whole space, sort of sort of sound to it. Uh, as a whole it's full certainly on dead right now it is and i mean a horn section i was sold immediately so oh immediate sell i like it i mean the the, the song starts with the bup from the horns i'm just like yep all right you know punch my ticket i'm here yep 
I'm sold, I'm in. This is a song where he calls out all the fake people who are only after his attention since he got famous, since Old Town Road. You know, and now they're trying to get in touch and talk to him, even though they were never there for him when he needed them the most. Yeah, so what he does is he treats them like they're dead, because he doesn't need them, he's better off without them. This is, so, I've already talked a lot about the instrumentals, but I'm going to keep talking about them. Uh, (laughs) I think his ability to get the instrumentals to complement his singing and to mesh well with his singing and rapping is what Kanye and Chance were missing for the most part, in my opinion. I feel like on both of those albums, you know, they'd have their flashy instrumental sections or they'd have their sections where they're like singing and the instruments are stripped away, but they never really worked in harmony like a, like they should on a song or like they do on this album. I, I, th- I th- think that these songs on these albums feel more complete maybe than a lot of the songs on the past rap albums we've done. There there were moments. I think there have been moments on on the other rap albums, like uh, All of the Lights and, and Angels or Blessings or something. But but even on All the Lights, like I'm thinking of All the Lights right now, you had the really catchy going on, right? But like other than when that's happening and they're saying and the, like the, everybody's singing All of the Lights, like when they're actually doing the verses and everything, like the instruments didn't mesh with what was being rapped as well as it does on this album. It does scale back. And, I mean, Lil Nas X doesn't do any of that. It's scaled up the whole way. When he wants it to be. We'll get we'll get to some other parts later on. I love it. I love it. And I just like uh, this line, you know, in the pre-chorus, I'm right here by the phone, but you never used to call. So keep it that way now. You missed your chance. I love it. Good one. Yeah, it's a sentiment that I think a lot of us have felt about people who just try and get their foot in the door of our lives when they're not really welcome anymore. Mm-hmm. The next track is a biggie. The next track was another of the album's singles, Industry Baby, featuring Jack Harlow. Uh, I'm not familiar with Jack Har- uh, Harlow. I, actually, I was not familiar with most of the features on this album. It's not really your sphere of influence. No, I was also I was going through each time a feature would pop up I didn't know, I really would focus in. I'm looking for the next uh spin cycle you know somebody i can dig my dig my uh i don't know where i was going with that but dig my dig into (laughs) yeah Uh, someone i can i can become interested in like i did with halsey halsey popped up on multiple albums that we did and every time i got interested and then we finally did them so i'm looking for my next person i can latch on to and pressure you into doing on this podcast yeah might that be jack harlow it is not okay that's fair. His feature here is like, okay, but it's not, uh, it doesn't blow my mind. Uh, my first note on this song was, okay, enough A's, sir. <laughs> it just, every line was, A, A, A. Couple like, plaques, right, A. Calm down. Couple Grammys on him, couple plaques, A. That's a fact, A, throw it back, A. Yeah, you're right. I was like, all right, calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, it happens sometimes. This album, this song was another expert promotional move by... Lil Nas X and his team. He promised fans that he would release this once another one of his previous videos hit 400 million YouTube views. So that's a good way to get people to run it up. How long did it take? It did not take very long. Uh, This one was out well before the album. Actually, not too long after Montero, Call Me By Your Name, and the Satan Shoes debacle. Because the music video for the song opens on the fake trial that we talked about earlier from the Satan Shoes. It was promoting this song. Basically... The point is, he's the industry baby, the new guy who nobody believes in, and he keeps proving he's got what it takes over and over. That's a theme that this album just drives home relentlessly. I mean, if there's one takeaway from this album, uh, it's it's that Lil Nas X wants you to know that he is 
not a has-been. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, he, he said in an interview that so many things he's done in his career, most people would see as a career ender for the simple fact that his first song was his biggest song, you know, uh, stuff like that. He says he could have stopped pushing, I could have stopped moving, but I know where I'm headed in life, I know what my future's gonna look like, so I'm not running. So he's he's like going headfirst into it. And Industry Baby is kind of an acknowledgement and a proclamation of that. Another very earwormy uh, instrumental section with the ba da da ba 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 going on um, with the chorus. <laughs> yeah, that's another part you did not stop saying. If you weren't singing Dead Right Now, you were singing ba 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 <laughs> it was really wedged in your brain. Uh, the instruments, the instruments really uh, dug into me. Also, it's interesting because, you know, I listened to this pretty much right after I listened to Metallica because um, of how quick of a turnaround we were doing on the recordings. And this song feels just as long as their songs, but it's only half the length. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this is dense. It's a dense song. And uh, what you may not know, and I, I'm curious whether this makes you like the song more or well, the person more or less. This song was produced in part by Kanye West. It was his first work with Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. All I have to say to that is I hope while he was working on it, he took notes. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, so does this improve or decrease your impression of him? Of Kanye? Yeah. It doesn't really change it. Okay, it's the same. Great song, great song. Uh, it's one of the more memorable moments on the album, I think. Yeah, uh, again, we're three tracks in and off to a great start. Now, the fourth track is That's What I Want. It's a song about how hard it is for him to find love, and that's what he wants, you know? That's what he flippin' wants, as he says in this song. I love this song. This one, honestly, it, it also got teased before the album's release. It came out with a little promotional video where he announced the track list and uh, the release date of the full album, and... This instantly was like a favorite song for me. Really? You really like this one? I really like this one. Now, will it be a playlist pick? That's debatable because I think there are other considerations for that. However, I think this is a a good song. I think I put, I would put this in, we've talked about it before in the past, a category where on a lot of other albums of its type, so your coloring books and beautiful dark twisted fantasies, this would have been a highlight song. But on this specific album, it gets kind of lost because of some of the other songs that exist on it. Okay, yeah, that's high praise coming from you. I think of of the album, not of this song. It's it's actually kind of a dig at this song. It's not really a dig. No, no, no. I'm saying it's a good song. It's just the things it's competing. In. It's trying to punch above its weight class, sort of thing. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But but like on you know stick this on on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and i would have probably picked this over anything else on that album you know what i mean sure and part of what did it it clicked with me on this song part of what i like is i really like his singing voice he has a surprisingly pretty sing- singing voice yeah and he actually clearly sings rather than doing the talk singing a lot of rappers do like it's a clear you can hear the notes you can hear him clearly singing and it's lovely well he uses it to augment and supplement his rapping really well he kind of seamlessly flows between it even when he's rapping he's still got a bit of a singing voice going on it's not just him talking usually he's just singing fast which is what i like that's what you want right it is what i want (laughs) that's what i want uh, there's a lyrical highlight in this song for the album, for me. Yeah, for the album. Okay, which which one's that? It's in verse one, the lines, I wonder if he got the G or the B. Let me find out and see. Because, you know, the, the word C sounds like the letter C, and he just used the letters G and B in the line before. So it's like he's saying the letters G, B, and C. Yeah, you just like the alphabet jokes. Yeah, I just, I just like the alphabet joke. <laughs> it made me giggle. Yeah. And also the pause. 
I want pause. Someone to love me is great. Well, what they fill the pause with, that little da-da-da-da, that gets me every time. Again, that's just the instrumentals shining through. It really is. And boy, do they shine. I'm curious. Uh, I'm not curious. I don't even need to ask. The Art of Realization, track five. Uh, it's a skit, and it's probably a no-go for you. As someone who doesn't enjoy that. I, you're right. I usually I don't care for interludes on albums, Part of it's just because nothing's ever going to live up to Kevin and Barracuda. <laughs> it's I spoiled you in episode nine for every interlude ever. Um, And that is maintained on this one. I do not care for the art of realization. I, I can't even blame you because it's almost nothing. It, it's like <laughs> it's, it's hardly here. You know, it, with you're riding the high of that's what I want. We're anticipating Scoop so much. I mean, I wasn't because I haven't heard Scoop. Because she didn't know. But you just blow right by it. Anyway, the Art of Realization, he just uses driving a vehicle, you know, uh, wordplay intended to convey a few little thoughts and question whether he's actually happy. That's it. It's just a quick little blip. Well, let's just, let's just you know, don't give it too much time. It was 24 seconds. Let's move on to Scoop featuring Doja Cat. Doja Cat, the next artist that features that I knew nothing about, much like Lil Nas X, like the Doja Cat, I feel like is someone I've heard a ton about. Yes, but I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> like I couldn't name a <laughs> song, couldn't tell you what they look like. I know nothing about Doja Cat. Yeah, until this song. Um, and once again, they're not someone I'm necessarily too impressed with. They did all right. It was all right. It wasn't anything special though for me. It's it's no Halsey in my opinion. Sure, I, that's apples and oranges. This is Lil Nas X's first work with Doja Cat, and it's another song, again, where he just brags about his ability to captivate the headlines, to be the daily scoop. I mean, considering this is his first, like, this is his debut album, right? It's probably his first time working with most of the artists that feature on this. It's true that it's the first time most of the artists have featured in his songs, but it's not uncommon for, you know, rappers and everyone to feature on things before they release a single or an album. I mean, Nicki talked about it on Kanye's album, 50K for a verse, no album out or whatever. It's the same kind of thing. Either way, uh, it, it's a big breakthrough and a bunch of collaborations that kind of help put Lil Nas X on the map. I love the minimalistic start to scoop, just the really sparse instrumental until the first chorus hits. It's actually a really nice break. Especially because... All four songs that came before it started so big. Yeah, with the brass sections and the the big just in your faceness. Uh, obviously, I'm not a big fan of the chorus. Predictably, I was about to say it's scoop, 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 scoop is one of the worst choruses on the record. It's just there's some skirts in there. Scoop, scoop, skirt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't that doesn't change my feelings about it though. But another another vocal highlight was on this one and it was the lie I I and Nyaites in the bridge. I liked that. Oh yeah, that's a great part. Very memorable. I, I, Scoop is a song that I don't like, but I can't help but get into every time, <laughs> you know? I didn't really get into it too much, I guess. Um it's a mid-tier song for me. Maybe even bottom third. I don't know. The next song is the one if you're picking a feature from this album that you're gonna take, I'm guessing this is one of your top twos. <laughs> Because this next song is incorrect. Really? This isn't even in your top two of, of people you, you want to... Nope. Well, the next song, track seven, is One of Me featuring Elton John. Barely. <laughs> yeah, it's barely featuring Elton John. You're right. It's such a tease. It's it's a tease to put his name on it and then have so little uh, in there. He Elton plays the piano on this track. And it's not even very much piano. And he actually, he, he spoke about this in an interview and he said... 
All the people I work with knew what they wanted. So did Lil Nas X and Giles Martin. They were decisive people. He would play something and then he would say, is that too much? And then they said, yes, a bit too much. Calm it down a bit. And so then he would calm it down more and more and more. And Elton says, I think they used the bare bones of the piano I did because I did some other funky stuff. And he thinks that maybe it shifted the track from what they wanted it to be and made it a little bit too Elton. And he actually, he also did some vocals, but they cut those as well. So as I said, if you didn't say he featured on the track, you would have had no idea because all he does is play the piano and there's not much of it to begin with. So <laughs> no, he's kind of barely there. I was I was I was kind of burned by that one. Uh, it faked you out. It faked me out. I was really excited when I saw it, the title and then was it kind of disappointed me. That makes sense. And, and this is, a, again, just another song where he really really drives home the point that he's just not gonna flop like do don't we get it by this point seven tracks in and four of them have just been him going i'm not dead i'm not dead well that takes us on to one you were talking about in the album art lost in the citadel lost in the citadel yeah back with the horns back with the horns yeah and this is another this is a song about a lover you know a guardian angel who's suddenly out of the picture who's moved on and abandoned him and left him, you know, lost. I like Lost in the Citadel. I like how it starts with that, like, stagnant line, just going, Yeah, just like that. And and we get the, the quieter intro. Like, he really holds back a little bit on the intro. And then I Need Time to Get Up and Get Off the Floor is where he busts out of it into what the rest of the song is going to be like. And I love it. Yeah, it's all right. I just, I like the instrumentation on this one. I like that the story on this one is different. We kind of, on the back half of the album, we do a little more of a pivot from seeing this bravado of Lil Nas X to getting a little deeper into who he is, a little more of his personal struggles and like the the downsides to his quick rise to fame you know i i put this one in the same category as that's what i want oh of course because i really liked it and so you really thought it was eh. <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> uh other than the horns i thought it was kind of forgettable because everything it did well other songs that came before it did better and so i had a hard time kind of pulling picking this one out of the crowd uh, again off of one listen right you've had more time to get more nuanced into the songs and maybe be able to distinguish them better i heard it one time straight through and so it i mentioned it, i'll bring it up again maybe later uh, somewhere in my notes, I remember writing it, that an album like this really highlights the importance of the album order and what order you put these songs in. Yes, it does. Because what you hear first is going to be what you compare to everything that comes after it too. And so if you want to saw like if you would flip Lost in the Citadel and put it way earlier, maybe I'd be reversing my opinions. You know, I think Lost in the Citadel was great and the other one was a cheap copy sort of thing. Not that this was a cheap copy. That was maybe a bit harsh. Uh, it was an expensive, similar original. But that, yeah, so this album, I think, really highlights, especially when you got 16 tracks or 15 tracks, whatever we have on this. Um, it's very important. You're not wrong. The next song has another feature. The next song is Dollar Sign Slime featuring Megan the Stallion. And this is at the point where I determined you were trying to bribe me with all the horns. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another big, another big horn song really got you going. I really like the concept of this song, uh, of a dollar sign, a dollar, sorry, dollar sign slime. Um, I think it's a cool concept. It is. It is. It's, uh, you know, maybe predictably based on the title, how he's that rich friend. It's time to brag about how much money he has and what he can do with it. But not in like uh, an absurd kind of way. I feel like he's not, he's hyping himself up more than he's talking down to you, which is nice because Kanye West did a song like this and it was way more 
the opposite, you know? Uh, it's it's good. The song features the second verse is from Megan Thee Stallion. Yep. Where's this feature going to rank for you? Because I think lyrically, it's doing way better than the Doja Cat feature. Obviously, way better than the Elton John feature where they cut all his lyrics. And it gives Jack Harlow... I think it passes Jack Harlow for me. I agree. Uh, Megan, if you were telling me to pick my top... Earlier, you mentioned a top two features. Uh, <laughs> this would be one of them in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my, my note on it was, okay, Megan the Stallion. Cool name. Cool voice, cool verse. I'm intrigued to know more about you. Okay, wow. Looks like you've you've landed on a mysterious feature to explore. Yes. Uh, well, I probably won't explore it, and I'll wait until you tell me to explore it. But it's what I'm going to be interested to explore should the day come. Should the day come? What are you? T- I mean, you have my permission. No, because then that'll ruin. If we come across it in the future, then it'll it'll soil things. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. So you want this to be the next Halsey? Exactly, exactly. I think it's a great feature. I love the part where she talks about no add-on prosthetics. Everything about me came from genetics, <laughs> because that's so funny to me. Like, what a simple line that I would never have thought of. You know, top notch. We're cruising through this album. We're on to track number ten, double digits, baby. Tales of Dominica. No features on this one. But this song, I, I love it for its humility and its reflectiveness. It's it's another real departure from the bravado that we've seen on so many of these songs. Where he talks about familial struggles, broken homes, poverty. Just the struggle of feeling alone. Like you just can't connect or relate to anybody. I really like this one. Again, it's just another example of really catchy rhythms and instrumentals. And this one... He like builds this wall of sound piece by piece. Oh yeah. To this full to this full sound. But yet when it reaches that full sound wall just wall of sound, right? Each brick in the wall is clearly heard. Yeah. It it everything adds something distinct to the mix. Because like sometimes you get a wall of sound, like especially in people's mind when you say wall of sound, you think of just this cacophony of sound that you can't really distinguish from. But in this scenario, like I said, you could, each time you listen to it, just listen to a different instrument and what it's doing and clearly follow it the entire time. I love, I mean, a lot of these lyrics. Woke up on the floor, the plastic bed don't blow up no more. In this broken home, everything becomes predictable. We get such tangible images right away. Like that that right there tells you so much without saying much at all. What do you think about the line, can't go running back to home, I can't face her face? I'm I'm fine with it, honestly. Yeah, well, when I first heard it, I thought it was a bit buffoonish. Here, uh, you could have just said, "I can't face her." Like, why'd you have to specifically call out her face a second time? Sure. But the more I thought about it, I thought I, the more I determined that I think that actually adds more meaning to what he's saying. It's not that he can't just face her; it's he doesn't want to see the look on her face. Yeah, yeah, and I think that line plays really well with the couple before it. Hope my little bit of hope don't fade away, which I really love, and. uh it, that that repetition of a simple thing really amplifies it. I like Tales of Dominica. And uh, we continue on this introspective tear with track 11, Sun Goes Down. It may be the most personal on the album, as the chorus details this pretty intense struggle with depression and suicidal thoughts. The verses, though, talk more about his own story, about being bullied for his looks, grappling with his sexuality, but finding comfort in doing what he loves and connecting with people through that using that as a medium to meet people that he really starts to, you know, get on the same level as they understand each other. Yeah, that's all well and good. But from a song perspective, other than the interlude, this is probably my least favorite to 
have listened to. I'm just not a big I'm not a big fan of the opening. It's a little sing songy. A little sing songy, and it's a bit uh, it doesn't have the bass it needs to back it up. Like it's not got a strong foundation under it. The second time around that you hit that chorus, and it does have that full instrumental sound under it, it's way better. But at the beginning, it it just that airy vocals at the beginning of the song don't work as well as they do maybe at the end of the song. Yeah. You have a good point. As the song fleshes out, it gets a little more palatable, but it definitely, it's a quieter start, especially to follow a song like Tales from Dominica, where we're already kind of on a downward trend. And we had a quieter start earlier in the album, uh, and it worked. I liked it, but just not on this one. Uh, Lil Nas X conceptualizes this song as visiting a younger version of himself who's struggling inside and hating himself and uh, who doesn't want to live anymore. So he goes back and tries his best to be uplifting, to encourage him to, you know, promise the future's out there and this is what we're headed toward. And I think that's really kind of an inspiring and pretty universal thing. You know, if you could go back in time and say something to your younger self, but this is him taking a chance to ponder that. What'd you think about track number 12, Void? I made it two thirds of the way through this song without having written a single note because I couldn't decide how I felt about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tricky one here. Void is always thrown me off too i i finally settled on this song reminded me of italian nights from billy joel of all things um because it felt like three separate songs can i just hold on can i just interject (laughs) we've talked about that song like nine times uh on this podcast you know we did it in the episode but then since then you've referenced back to it frequently when you find a song that tells a good story i like billy joel what's wrong it's my top one on the podcast or on the play on the sheet yeah and it's one of your top songs from one of your top albums and you keep calling it italian nights uh i mean it's i don't always call it that it's the easiest way to reference it it's italian nights you know what i'm talking about i know what i'm talking about it's way less of a mouthful it works sure I just want to be clear. I just didn't want it to go unaddressed if someone's listening to the podcast and goes, why doesn't James ever correct him? Just know I've thought it every time. But it felt like three separate songs, right? The verses, the chorus, and the pre-chorus all had three very interesting styles to them that would work for three different songs, but I don't know that they mesh together well, like the three distinct parts of scenes from an Italian restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. No, they definitely, you're right, don't blend together very well. Honestly, I don't think any part of this song particularly excites me. The only thing that did was the line Hodo. I thought that was interesting. Where they go, Hodo, Hodo, Hodo. Mainly because I got some Game of Thrones vibes there. From Hodor? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, apparently uh, Hodo is, it's an ancient Greek prefix that means the road or journey, or travel. Which I think is interesting. Uh, I think that fits thematically with what he's talking about on this album. And you know me, I'm a sucker for some sort of Greek or Roman reference. I like that kind of stuff. Definitely it fits in. I mean, look how he uses it. I feel like I fell a little behind. Hodo, you know, the journey. Uh, It seems so out of reach from where I want to be. Whoever thought I'd get there anyway. The journey, the journey. You know what I mean? It, It makes perfect sense. Yep, it's great. Just, I don't care for the song structure. And as the title Void might imply, and as you've maybe picked up from us talking about it, it's just a song about feeling empty and insecure as he struggles to come to terms with his identity and how it's going to affect all of his relationships later in life. Ah, oh, that's where it is. Ew, I wasn't crazy. What? Where what is? Uh, so I'm, you know, already prepared for the next, epi- uh, the next episode we're doing as well. And in one of those songs, 
they talk about they personify the color blue and i was like oh they did that somewhere else in the album and i went back to try to find it and i couldn't find it i was like i swear i heard that it's because it's in this song <laughs> <laughs> which i had listened to just earlier <laughs> so i was like i was losing my mind going i know that i heard somebody personify blue earlier yeah this, so, I mean, first of all, aside from personifying blue and blue being like the color of sadness, people have kind of suspected that parts of this chorus are inspired by the movie Love, Simon, which came out in 2018, and it features a character named Blue. So it may be uh, a bit of a tribute and a reference to that. Spoiler alert for the next episode, they're personifying Blue is in the ocean. Yes. Yes, they are. The next song, track 13, Don't Want It. La, 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 la. Okay, that's how it starts, yes. What I want to say is that uh, this is the first song Lil Nas X has worked on as a co-producer. This is the song, I said I'd bring it up later, this is the song that got lost due to its similar sonic sound to the rest of the album. Yeah, which one did you think it sounded like? Because I thought it was a lot more hip-hop leaning than most of the rest of this album. A lot less floaty than the last couple tracks, like Tales and Sun Goes Down and Void. This felt like a return to Dollar Sign Slime form a little bit, but also kind of from a different angle. Yeah, this this definitely reminds you more of like the beginning of the album than the kind of middle inter- introspective section we got. Uh, but it's just that this doesn't have necessarily anything that is unique or stands out about it that I can latch onto like some of the other songs. And so therefore it kind of molds into the rest of the sonic sound from the album especially when again you're listening to it straight through one listen only one listen if there's nothing that's gonna pop out and wave its arms at you it's hard to remember it sure sure yeah this isn't one that pops out and waves its arms uh i'll I'll get behind you on that one and it had another interlude i just didn't care for it had a yeah more people talking in the middle big no for you but i thought it was cool where that came from it's cool that he takes these these interludes in because he takes these these bits where he wins awards right from his 2021 vma win for montero call me by your name for for montero which is interesting yeah for this very song on this album yeah exactly it's like it's interesting that there's an interlude on this album taken from an award given to a song also on the album i like that he can put a song called that's what i want and don't want it on the same album and have them both make sense i said they're about the same concept but yet they sound like they're the opposites. Yeah, it's about all the things that he... But I, can we just move on to Life About Salem already? I want to talk about that one. Okay, all right. You want to, Wow, fine. Okay, guess we're in a hurry. Life After Salem, track 14. Uh, This one, this is what I've been waiting on for the last few tracks. We finally, we came out of that. Don't want it kind of came out of it, but not the way I wanted it to. This was something, it was something new, something fresh. I was instantly pulled into it by its unique style. And then the lyrics pulled me in even deeper. Something so fresh that it feels like it hardly belongs on this album. I wouldn't go that far. I think I think this fit perfectly on the I did not feel thrown off by it in the slightest. I just think, like, if you would put this before the introspective section, you would have been able to flow right into it perfectly. I think it's just kind of jarring that you're pulled into this from what we got for the last, like, four tracks. Yeah, sure. I mean, that makes sense to me. The guitar solo after that chorus, it was so haunting and wonderful is how I described it. Wow. Okay, yeah. And then the whistle sound at the end, I love that too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot I liked about this song, but I want to say right here, right now, I just, I know I jumped into the song. I just said a bunch of good things about it. It's not gonna make it into top three territory. It comes super darn close. That is actually as exciting to me because that means there's more that you liked better than the one you jumped in on really 
talking up. Yeah, and the well, and there's things I like. I think about this song maybe better than other parts of the songs that are gonna make top three territory. And the reason this one doesn't is because I wanted more from it. Sure. And he spent a lot of it being repetitive. Um, he gave me these great lyrics and it's great sound but then surrounded it with just a bunch of repetitive stuff yeah that's true and so that that's that's why it doesn't quite make it in the top three territory i gave it to ones that did feel more complete i do conceptually i like the song better than a lot of the rest it's a little bit like dead right now except not it's kind of a kind of like he's given in instead of saying nope you're dead to me it's it's that take what you want from me he leaves his feelings on the floor, and these people just take what they want. They use him up, and they just kind of... It's like a broken acceptance, you know? Just get out of my life. Take what you want. Use me for whatever you're gonna, and just go, you know? He's kind of fed up with it. He also references our good friend Stevie Wonder. Isn't he lovely? Isn't he lovely? I know. He, he talks about the song Part-Time Lover in the second verse. I can be your part-time lover. Our scars, they dance with each other. And I think my favorite part of the song is probably the outro. You're changing every day. You played me. I let you win again. And you're taking everything. And it just sounds nice. It's a good sound. Yep. And then they put that, and then they put that whistle sound at the end as well. Like I mentioned earlier that I just love. Yeah, you can't go wrong. And we close out the album with track 15, Am I Dreaming, featuring... My girl, Miley Cyrus. Uh, my other top two feature. <laughs> so, yeah, surprising no one. They, it was a good choice to end with My Girl, Miley. Yeah, it was. I know. It's a, another way that I made this into a Trojan horse for rap. <laughs> I thought you'd have to let it in if it had Miley Cyrus on it. We'll find out if you're right in a little bit. I'm, I'm curious to see. Lil Nas X has said, he says, this song represents the ending. The song is basically, let's say you're on a sinking ship, everything's going down and you're dying, basically. And you're having all these thoughts about what everyone's going to feel. You can't even settle in your own death. Your mind is like, what's everybody going to think? Am I going to be remembered? Am I going to be loved? And at the end, it's death. It's the end of the album. And he, he actually has also, like some of the other artists we've talked about, conceptualized this album as a complete cycle. Because he says once you see the album cover, it's a cycle. You know, once we finish it, we're doing something next somewhere else. So that's his idea behind it. And I have to say, too, how many people do you think have collaborated with both Miley Cyrus and Billy Ray Cyrus on song? Because it's probably an elite few. Probably. It might just be Lil Nas X, as far as I know. He should get the Spin It Cyrus Award. Spin <laughs> Yeah, he should. I, I I agree with you. We're officially dubbing him the only member of that elite club, even if it's not true. He's the only member in Spinet's version of the club. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was kind of his version of Golden G-String, as, as far as an album closer goes. I mean, it's that same, never forget me, you know, I like, I'm not going down quietly, I'm making a scene. I need to point out, I need to point out before we wrap on the album, <laughs> pun intended, uh... <laughs> The voice effects on this song, I'm usually not a fan of voice effects. I like it on this song. And he uses just the right amount of it. You know, in verse one, he's got this kind of voice effect going on. And then when they hit that chorus, he strips it back off. And that was absolutely the right move. I think so. Um, if you had continued it into the chorus, it would have become too much. I agree. And and then this song, again, he keeps the instrumentals, I feel, a little more stripped back. 
and he has that guitar pluck along to his vocal rhythm. I think that's a nice touch that you don't see much on the rest of the album. No, not at all. And then, of course, their voices just sound very pretty together when they're singing together. They do, and for that reason, you know, Miley is a top two feature on this album for me as well. Nice. Love to hear that. And, of course, we got to talk about the absolute perfect ending to wrap up the album, which is the thunder and rain sounds at the end. <laughs> yeah, you like that too, huh? Yeah, the, both sonically and thematically, that was the perfect way to say this is the end of the album. I think so, too. It kind of, it feels like this, uh, thunder and storms like that is a charged metaphor because it could be a lot of things because this whole album he's been talking about how he's not done how he's still got this energy and this momentum and thunderstorms are powerful and they come on quick and strong but it's also really cleansing you know the rain is also this thing that washes away all all the past and all the mistakes and especially after a song like am i dreaming are people going to love me are they going to remember me am i going to make an impact It, it feels like this renewal of everything you know and that's part of what makes the album feel so cyclical me but with that final spin once again hey that round are you trying to be a rapper no if you had to be a rapper which kind of rapper would you be kit kat reese's three musketeer it's, you know they wrap other things than candy bars uh that might have been a that might have been an oversight for me uh shrink i'd be a shrink rapper I think this is another album where I have difficulties picking a playlist song. Yeah, let's 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 rap about. Let me see, I'm using rap like wrap up, you know, or rap session, but puns because this was a partial rap album. Anyway, let's talk about what the playlist picks are going to be together. Let's let's hash this out. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what's your top? Your hey, welcome back. By the way, you actually get three top threes in your honorable mention. Uh, well, I I I technically did last week, but it was a singles episode, and so those are weird. But yeah, I get I get I get my classic top the the classic Connor top three is back with all four of its picks. Yes, maybe more. <laughs> Don't do this to yourself or me. Give yourself some time to cool off. I'll just spill my top three. Let's just spill it. Let's do it. I'm making a mess all over it. Spilling all the beans. Top three in album order: Montero, Dead Right Now, Am I Dreaming? With honorable mention going to Tales of Dominica. Interesting. Yes. If I'm taking a song to put on the playlist, it's probably Industry Baby. Really? I do like that one that much? I think it's catchy. I know it doesn't thematically have some of the the nuance. It's not as deep of a song as something like Lost in the Citadel or, I mean, a good handful of others. But it's got an energy to it that I love. I think that the playlist could benefit from. Man, that saddens me. Yeah, well, um, if you could pick both songs, what would your both song pick be? I'd be happy with any of the four I named. Okay. So you could, like, you could pick two out of my four, and I'd be happy with any combination, I think. Well, if you can guarantee one, what one is it? I mean, it's gotta be dead right now, right? Yeah, probably. I, yeah, I think if I wasn't gonna pick Industry Baby, I'd still lean towards ones that you didn't like. Like, that's what I want. And Lost in the Citadel. Okay, I guess we'll go Industry baby and dead right now then yeah knocked him out track two and three well sad scores for this album are pretty straightforward honestly i think this album is super catchy musically melody's great lil nas x has a great sensibility for pop music and i mean pop hip-hop fusion and he really doesn't miss much here i think it's very consistently good I'm giving music an 87. Lyrically, it comes on a little strong. I think this album comes on a little strong with its themes. You know, this whole bravado thing. This I'm the greatest, I'm on the rise, I'm up and coming, I'm not done yet. We get it. You know, it gets hammered home a lot. 
but I don't think it ever gets too old. It's just, uh, it feels a little unnecessary, but not like disengaging. The other half, the back half of the album where we get more detailed, like subtle songs, Sun Goes Down and Tales of Dominica and Void, I, I like a lot and it changes things up sufficiently i'm giving the lyrics an 85 instruments of production is by far this album's strongest point it's a fun album to listen to like for the instruments of production it doesn't ever feel boring it is a lot of horns and flashy pizzazzy things like you said and it is always very full there's scarcely a time where i think it underperforms i'm giving instruments and production a 95 and overall vibe what a debut album Honestly, it was nominated for a Grammy right up against John Batiste, and I think it probably would have performed very well. This was one of the ones that was in my shortlist that could have made the win. Thematically, it's consistent, if nothing else, remember, and it drives it home. Sonically, consistent. Album art is so inexplicably fitting. Given vibe, an 88. So the overall score for Montero, the debut album of Montero, is an 88.4. Okay. That puts it at number 119 overall. At one point, I think it had cracked the top 100, but it's since been pushed down. And now, where does this fall in relation to We Are? I'm curious about that that's what it lost out to for album of the year oh i think i was pretty clear in the we are episode that um we are was definitely deserving of that album of the year grammy we are to remind you has an overall score of 91.1 and therefore it ranks at number 59 i see yeah so 60 slots above montero so that's me what about you i'm curious to think um uh, curious to see whether you think this one should outpace we are and maybe might have been more deserving of the grammy yeah that's gonna be fun as we continue to do i'm sure at some point we will because we plan to do every album ever we will have covered all the ones it was you know that were in the running so We'll get the definitive answer, but it'll be fun to, as, to go along as we go. Find out. We got a few more on the docket coming up. Yeah. Uh, for me, this album, like I said, it kind of at the beginning of the analysis, it met and slightly exceeded expectations. That's what I like to hear. This is getting a nine from me. This is getting a nine? <laughs> You've done it. You found a rap album that I am going to give a nine. Oh, wow. It's going bottom at the nines, but I think you're going to have a hard time finding a rap album that I'm going to like better than this one. And so I'm going to put this one in the nines. I thought about putting it at the eights in case you ever gave me something better, but I think you're going to have a hard time with it. So this is slotting in very bottom of the nines, barely squeaking in there. Wow. So... That means you would put it above We Are and If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. Uh, yeah, correct. Um, the instruments are what did it. I'm a, I'm a sucker for good instruments. Those are what I, as somebody who you know was in band from fifth grade through college, instruments are a huge deal for me in terms of what I listen to in music. So he really nailed me on that. That mixed in with his ability to rap cohesively with the instruments squeaked out the nine and as for a unit it's getting yeah since since it's at the bottom we need to know how far below the gushing ostrich kicks it is nine booty calling devils out of 10 for me <laughs> nine booty calling devils <laughs> hey don't pick up unless you really know what you're getting into you want me don't pick them up but i mean nine of them are calling me i don't know how long i can ignore them you're getting nine booty calls from the devil right now uh, different devils different uh-oh they're nine booty calling devils not nine booty calls from devils well just send eight of them to the mixtaper <laughs> the, the, they probably all have the mixtaper on speed dial 
the mixtaper the mixtaper is on the booty call speed dial of nine devils uh just eight of them oh oh that's canon i'm uh i'm elated i'm over the moon i i can't believe this it's like i'm like that meme of of plankton sitting here going i never thought i'd get this far like where do we go from here a uh barry manilow song oh yeah where do i go from here And where can you check that episode out at? You can check that episode out anywhere you listen to our podcast. But also, we tweeted about it once on our Twitter, at SpinItPod, and we posted about it on our Instagram, at SpinItPodOfficial. We also have it up on our website, www.spinitpod.com, for all the SpinIt content your little spinning heart craves. Blooper reels, extended cuts, we got all sorts of stuff there. The entire rankings list is there. That's exciting. The Albums of the Month playlist that I'm currently working through is up there. All the fun goodies. So, I'm honestly very content with the score. I think this was a fun episode, and I'm excited to... I mean, we're on quite a tear here, if I do say so myself. Lots of fun albums. And you just did? I I did say so myself. All right, until next week, uh, keep spinning. Keep spinning. Now we can have that other ice cream break. Yeah, second ice cream break. But it's less of a break and just more of let's end and get ice cream it's a break it's it's an ice cream break before our next recording